you would pray with me. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many gifts that you give us. There is no one like you. We praise your name. You are great and mighty and glorious and majestic, Father. We pray for your Holy Spirit uh, to be upon us this morning. We pray that you would give instruction and wisdom and insight into your word. Lord, I pray that uh, I would decrease so that you would increase. Lord, we love you. We pray that your word would dwell richly in our hearts and that it would move us uh, to action in, in our world uh, to be a light as you are the light. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So thinking about um, what to preach on, given everything that's going on, we've been in this pandemic for a while. Um, it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to, to get down. Um, in my own personal life, I know many of you keep asking how the house is going, how, you know, what's the, where are we, we going to be? We just, Casey and I just had, um, went to a friend's house and got to see them. Uh, for the first time after they've uh, had a baby uh, months ago, uh, and even just catching up, talking about some of the things going on. And every time somebody asks me about that, I'm, I'm not working right now. Like, I go down to the house, I watch Camille, she's in uh, virtual school, so she's on the computer, I can't be running the saws, table saws, different things, making noise. And so I keep telling people, it's just, I'm working on taxes, paperwork. I'm finally getting my paperwork in, in line. I might get them in on time this year. Um, yeah. But it's easy to be discouraged about those things. It's easy to get down about not doing other things. I know I've joked with many other, you know, I've gained weight over the pandemic. I'm probably not the only one. Um, my life is much more, <laughs> I'm sitting a lot more. Than I normally would be. I'm not moving. I'm not active. My kids aren't moving. My kids aren't active. Um, and it's hard. It's hard. My kids aren't interacting with other people. Um, even uh, talking with our friends, um, Penny has hardly interacted with any other babies. And that's just not normal for us. It's not um, where other friends have kids. We get together. We have game night, whatever. Uh, just even just get together and have food and hang out, and we're all in similar situations. And if I dwell on those things in my life, it's easy to become discouraged. It's easy to get down. It's easy to wonder when are things going to get back to normal, and a lot of people are asking those questions. But one of the things I find is that um, I can go to God's Word and be encouraged and be uplifted. And one of the areas of when those struggles arise or come, I like to engage in the Psalms um, because of the language used, uh, because of what uh, the Psalms are, of, of praise to God, of prayers to God, of its heartfelt cries of people just like you, or, you and me that have gone through difficult trials and have gone through tribulations that don't know everything that's going on, but trust in the one who is going on. And so it brings comfort. It brings peace um, to my heart. And so I wanted to look at Psalm 145 this morning. 
and it's entitled "Great Is the Lord." And this is a psalm of a song of praise of David. Um, and the Israelites, uh, as they would go through the psalms, they used these in in their life at certain periods. It's a song they would sing. Uh, and then we don't know the tune that they would sing these songs to. Uh, we can look at the words uh, and see their hearts and the cry that they have for Abba, Father. So if you would read along with me this morning. Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all. And his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O God, O Lord. And all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. To make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bound down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. If you know anything about the life of David, you know what he has had gone through in his his life. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was known as the man after God's own heart. He was a man who at a very young age trusted in God with his whole heart. Whether he was out tending uh, the sheep, the flock, uh, if he was bringing... Uh, food out to his brothers going out to see them. Uh, remember the story of David and Goliath where his father tells him to go out and David looks and why are you letting this man do that? And David says, God is with us. He will help us through this. His, his faith was great, but we've also seen 
times of, of disheartening where he was far away from God, where he sinned, where uh, David and Bathsheba, and it took Nathan uh, to come alongside of him and tell him a, a story for him to finally see what he had done. Uh, where Nathan rebukes him and he listens uh, and he, he asks for forgiveness. He comes back to, to God and, and falls on his face before him. And we see those parts of David, whether he was on the run from, from Saul, where he was hiding, where um, even at points he could have taken Saul's life and yet he said, no, I'm going to trust in the Lord in this. Through all of those things, David reminds us, and he, re he reminds the Israelites who would sing this song, that we need to continue to, to bless God's name, to praise his name, even as we sing songs of, of praise, uh, as we begin our, our worship time together. Uh, we sing of, of the great deeds of what God has done, the, the language uh, just in the first three verses, the different ways. I will extol you and bless your name. I will bless you. I will praise your name. Great is the Lord. One of the commentators um, said this. You have just prior to Psalm 145, you have uh, five psalms of prayer that follow six psalms of praise. And it says, he says, for those that are much in prayer shall not want matter for praise. And those that have sped in prayer must abound in praise. Our thanksgivings for mercy, when we have received it, should even exceed our supplications for it when we were in pursuit of it. What he means by that is, as we pray and come before God and ask of Him these things, and He answers and and we receive those things, much more should our mouths praise His name and give Him glory for the things that He has done. We shall never be in want, and should never be in want for words of praising what God has done. It says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. It's, it's so massive, beyond human comprehension for us to, to even fathom all of the greatness of God. We get just mere glimpses of what he has done, whether it's his creation, as you stand in awe of all that he has made. It might be looking at the heavens and seeing all of the stars, or even looking at the pictures of the universe that, that we can't see, but telescopes have been able to bring close to us and think, wow. Look at what God has created, and we stand on His greatness. And yet there's so much more that we can't see that's out there that He has created. Or even looking through a microscope and the microscopic things that are going on on a molecular level. And how all of that works together. And God is the one who has ordained all of those things, and He is the one who has worked all of those things out as our creator, for everything to work in unison the way it does. And he holds all of those things together. When Job was going through a hard time, he had some friends come to him. And though what they said concerning Job was not very helpful, 
one of the things that Eliphaz told Job, he says, to, he told Job, as for me, I would seek God, and to God would I commit my cause. But he says this about God. He says, God who does great and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. How much has, has God done? And it's, it's too great for us to number all of those things. You would stay forever. Scripture even says, even of Christ on his time here, if everything was written in a book, it wouldn't be able to contain all the information of what God had done through Christ. For me, when, I, when I'm down or when I'm sad or when I'm going through things, thinking on those things, remembering what God has done, what he has brought me through, how dark times have seen the light of day, and then now knowing he was faithful then, he's still faithful. He hasn't changed. He remains faithful. And so though there might not be light at the end of the tunnel now, we can trust in him that he's carrying us through on to that path. In verse 4, he says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, on your wondrous works, I will meditate. One of the many things uh, for the Israelites, what was important to do was to hand down, because uh, everything was oral, was for your family to remember those things, for the next generation to come. You needed to tell your sons and daughters, these things, your family members. You needed to speak the word of God to others and remind them, hey, look, you might not have been there, but this is what has happened. This is what we have been through. This is where God has brought us from. This is the situation we're in, and this is how God moved and worked, and this is where he has brought us to remember those things. It was very important uh, for them to continue that on. In Judges 2, you have Joshua who took over after Moses. And if you remember the story, there was uh, Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies that were sent out that came back that said, no, we need to trust in, in God. And yet the ten others said, no, we can't. We can't take this land. There's too many things going on. There's too many people. There's too many obstacles in the way for us to do anything. So God punished them by having them wander in the wilderness. But Joshua was able to lead the people into the promised land. But this is what happens when the people of Israel would, would commend these things to one another, commend the works of God to one another. It says in Judges chapter 2, it said, When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance. When they commended to each other 
through that time of what God had brought them through. It said all of Joshua's life for 110 years, as long as he served, for all of the elders afterwards, for their lives, they followed after the Lord. They commended to one another the things of God that he had done for them. But it says this. It says, all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. How does that happen? How does one not know the work of the Lord? Yes, they might not physically have seen it. They're not there. Too much time has passed. Um, but they did not even know the work of the Lord. There was no instruction to them. A generation rose up that was not given the information, was not telling of the treasure they had in their God. And so it says the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They served the Baals. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them. They bowed down to them. They provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreth. And God would punish them for that. And they would cry out and we would see that cycle. But it says, one generation com shall commend your works to another. It applies to our lives as well. I know during my time in college, one of my friends would talk about leaving a legacy for your family. What are you going to leave for your family? What do you want to happen? Uh, and, and you might not have... Uh, husband or a wife or children or grandchildren or the case may be, or you may have all those things. But wherever you are in your life, you can leave a legacy, whether that's down through your family or whether that's through other people that you come in contact with. But his thing, what are you going to leave with people? Are you going to leave with them knowing this about your life or this about your life? What's most important? And he was trying to shape us towards, we want to leave a legacy of Christ in our family's life. We want to tell and raise kids or be involved in teaching others, sharing the good news of Christ with others. So that people would know what he has done, how he has moved and worked. And so just like uh, the Israelites here commend to one another, we too need to be commending to one another the things that have happened in, in our lives. He says, I will meditate on those things. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, on your wondrous works, I will meditate. And this isn't meditating as the world would, would have us meditate. This isn't an emptying of the mind. So you have different philosophies circling around in our world. Meditation takes on a form of sometimes sitting with your legs crossed and your hands folded, much like a, an Eastern philosophy, um, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Taoism, these different philosophies of, of meditation, of emptying of our minds. But Scripture talks about meditating on God's Word as a filling of our minds, of the things of God. And and taking a deep look at what he has done and a deep care for those things in our lives. 
says, I will meditate, and then I shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds. I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. And so I'm going to ask for a little audience participation this morning, but if you were um, a Jew at the time and you would sing this song and you would be looking at these words and says, they shall speak the might of your awesome deeds. And they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness. What are the things that have happened in the Israelites' life that they would be extolling towards God of how he has worked? Don't all jump at once. Yeah, so the rescuing from Egypt, from captivity. Yeah, Pastor Davis just went over for that story, even though they were good at grumbling and complaining of bread of heaven, gave them quail. Yep. There's a lot more in there, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking about everything from the Exodus and getting to the promised land, and they finally get God, what God promised, God gave them. They can trust in him. That's what, um, as they remember these things, it should be evoking these emotions in them that where they are, look, God took us through that. God's going to continue to carry us through. But we need to even look at the promises that God made us. Some of those things haven't happened yet. We need to hold on to those things. We need to carry them with us because he hasn't changed. He, those, still, those things are still going to come about. But yeah, you have all you have those things. Um, but even um, even through David's life, David himself thinking of those things, he can praise God for his his protection over his life from being on the run from Saul, from everything going on, or even the story of David and Goliath. You know, the Philistines didn't conquer them. God was in control. Because they trusted in God. And you can look back and remember those, those mighty and wondrous things. And sometimes you might think of some of the other things that happened, right? Maybe where they have failed. Maybe where they didn't do so well. And they could remember, oh, yeah, why did that happen? Because we trusted in ourselves. Because we thought we were strong enough or we can do this or we didn't need God. But no, we need God each and each and every day, each and every hour. Pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, verse 8, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. That is is not a verse you just want to skip over really quick. It, it just, if you think about who God is, what he is capable of, that he is in control, that he has power, that he has created everything, he has every right within himself to destroy creation because of sin, because of uh, our disobedience. 
but it says he's gracious and merciful. When we talk about grace, we talk about we're, we get what we don't deserve. We don't deserve these things from God, but he gives them to us because he loves us, because of his steadfast love. We talk about mercy, it's not getting what we rightly deserve. We rightly deserve death, yet God has given us this in Christ Jesus because of his steadfast love. David says, the Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all that he has made. As you think of the stories of the Old Testament and think of, of God moving and working in that, even if you go back to the flood, even then, God's rightly said, look, there's nobody that follows after me. We, we're, we're just going to destroy everything. And yet then you, there's Noah. There's a man who, who knows God, who follows after him who tells his family about it, and God says, no, we're going to rescue this family. It could have just been entirely done. And God would be well within his rights to do that. He'd be well within his rights even now. But Scripture tells us that he is patient and long-suffering, and he desires for those to draw near to him. It always brings me back to thinking of Second uh, Peter 3, 9, where it says, uh, talking about the day of the Lord coming, um, and people are, where is God? How come he's not here yet? Uh, but it's a good thing because it means that there's, there's time. It says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill the promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. It's a great thing that he is so patient with his creation. It means there's still time for us to share the good news, to tell the world of the treasure that we have. Even as the psalmist says, declaring these things, extolling the name of God. He's good to all. His mercy is over all that he has made. God delights in his creation. He delights in his work of his hands. And he desires a relationship with us. Thank the Lord that, that he is good. <clears throat> in Matthew, uh, even Jesus talking About loving others, loving your enemies. He says uh, of God, he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. We all get the benefits of God's love. And for those of us that know God, Jesus says that we are to love all. Not just those that love us, but to love our enemies as well. Because he says, For if you love those who if you love those who love you, what reward is that? Even even the tax collectors do that. Even even sinners do that. Regular people do that. They it's normal to if somebody shows you affection, for you to show affection back towards others. You're nice, they're nice. But what happens when there's conflict that comes together? Um God's Jesus is saying for Christians, we're to love that person as well because we're 
being like Christ in that, that Christ came and sacrificed his love, his life for us, that that we were his enemies. We weren't drawing near. We had didn't want anything to do with him. So it's being like Christ. As we think of the, the grace, the mercy of God, we too need to be gracious and merciful in, in our lives and in our, in our dealings with others to show mercy. Even um, as Pastor Davis comes next week and we look at forgiveness um, as we talk about the Lord's Prayer, um, and, and he'll draw on that, but as we, it says, forgive us as we forgive others. There's... If we're not forgiving others, if we're not extending the love of, of God to others, then Scripture says he's not going to forgive us. This is, is an, an action thing. If we're affected by God's love for us, then that means that extends out to others as well. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He is good to all his mercies over all that he has made. It says, all your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is everlasting kingdom. Reminds me of, of Psalm 19. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. And night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. All that God has made. All your work shall give thanks to you, whether it's uh, us or whether it's the world itself, all of creation. <clears throat> this kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It's a, a good reminder for, for us to, to dwell on. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. Again, being um, uh, a time in our lives now where people are struggling with depression, where there's more uh, mental instability, where there's more anxiety over things going on around us and in our world, and thinking about our own things going on, our own worries, our own concerns, remembering that this life is not our home. This is This is a temporary dwelling place where... We move from and go on to the kingdom of God. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion endures throughout all generations. He's still in control. He's still on the throne. He has still won the final battle. There still is the day to come, the day of the Lord, where the world will be judged, where those who are in Christ Jesus will be taken up with him and reside with him, where we look forward to a day where there's no more tears, where there's no more pain, where there's no more sorrow. There's no more bitterness. There's no more worry. There's no more concern. 
in, in verse uh, at the end of verse 13, uh, some of your Bibles might have brackets. The Lord is faithful in all of his word and kind in all of his works. Is is an, an added thing that falls in line with the scripture that we're reading to, to follow the acrostic pattern of this song. And the fact that each um, verse would begin with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so it, it's continuing on. And so they added this, but it's in line with it to, to follow that acrostic pattern that the Lord is faithful. And it's the same things in our lives. How easy it is, is, a, is it for us to remember songs? Whether it's to a tune or different things or learning mnemonics to help remember things. And so often you find these things in scripture as well where they would take things so that they would be able to remember them well enough. So each thing continues on in this acrostic pattern. And so they've added this in. The Lord is faithful in all of his words and kind in all of his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling, the things, remembering the things that God does. And so you have the attributes of God, who he is. You have the praising of what he has already done blessing his name extolling his name generation commending then you have here david specifically laying out how god has moved in work the lord upholds all who are falling he raises up all who are bowed down the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season even think about as pastor davis went through uh, give us this day our daily bread. And he brought up about the Israelites in the wilderness and God providing the manna. And then as they complained, provided the quail. Uh, but looking at scripture and in, in, in Matthew, it also talks about that, about worry and anxiety in our lives and tells us not to be anxious, not to worry. And it says this, Matthew 6, 26 and verse 20, it says, look at the birds of the air. And this goes over all this, the eyes of all that look to you, it's not just us, but all of creation. God takes care of all of creation. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. God takes care of all of his creation, and that includes you and me, but it's it's everything. He makes the water pour down. He makes life grow, even in desolate places. He is the sustainer. He is our provider. You give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Remembering the provision of God. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways. It's easy for us to, to look at the things going on and question God and think, why is this? Why is that? It, would be easier. it was easy for the Israelites as well as they went on their lives to question what God was doing and how he did it. It's easy for us to, to question decisions of other Why would they think that way? Or why would, why would they make that decision? Why would the governor say this? Why would the president say this? Why would anybody say certain this or that? It's, we are great at questioning decisions all around. But David reminds his listeners and singers to bring up that, look, 
everything that the Lord does. He's righteous in all of his way. He's kind in all of his works. This is who he is. It's his character. He can't go outside of that. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cries and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him. The Lord is for our benefit, for yours and for mine, for the Israelites. And it brings up the verses like 1 John. You know, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We confess with our mouth. near to all who call on him, who call on him in truth. It's always verified. It's not just us willy-nilly, selfish desire. Scripture talks about that. You ask and you don't receive because you ask for your own selfish desires. That's not what is at stake here. David is talking about, look, when you are honest before God and you come before him with an, an open and contrite heart, he is faithful and just to hear you. Just as, as David saw that in his own life, as he he even questioned the things of God. Why? Why are these things so why am I still on the run? What is going on? But and yet I will still trust in you. Yet I will look towards you. Yet I know you are faithful. He says he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. It's always um it's not he fulfills the desires of all anyone who wants. No, it's those who fear him, those who Love him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. In Psalm 34, uh, it says this, it says, The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. To cut off the memory of them from the earth. It's always this, the righteous, the Lord, the wicked are set against. He sets his face against them. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears. He delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That he keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. And that's looking forward to the day of the Lord when he shall come, when we will be with him. We will not be condemned. But it is a stark reminder, as he says, but all the wicked will, he will destroy. It is a stark. There are those that are, that we need to be sharing. There are those that are outside the family of God. He, he concludes with, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. He encourages us. If you were to sing this song, he's encouraging the Israelites as they would sing this song. Not only is this personally 
for each and every one of you to cry out yourselves to remember this, but it's also to be done corporately together as we gather to remember these things in unison as one, to uplift one another, to build one another up. And so if you are struggling this morning, if you come in this morning and you, you know, it's it's been almost, we're into February, it's pandemic started in March, we're coming up almost on a year of restrictions and different things. And if you're discouraged, if you're wondering what's next, look at the scriptures, go through even some of the Psalms, um, See the emotions of the writers, much the same as your own, and be encouraged and uplifted. Um, Pastor Davis has always brought up songs and songs and songs, and so always now my brain is looking at different songs. Um, but just thinking of the greatness of the Lord, great is the Lord. Um, you think of the Michael W. Smith, great is the Lord and worthy of praise, great is the Lord. Uh, but an old, a hymn being great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness. To thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are great, that there is no one like you. We thank you that you are the one who lifts up those that are bowed down. You uphold those who are falling. You provide for our each and every need. Pray, Lord, that you would bring to our minds this morning as we leave this place all that you have done in our own lives. We praise you this morning, Lord, even for answers through prayer as we get got to announce that you have called Pastor Scott and his family here. And we pray that you would continue to move and work, Father. We, Even as we pray this week for our missionaries and your mission, Father, we pray for a mighty harvest here in Wilkesbury. We pray that amidst restrictions and different things going on, Father, that you would Enable us to reach out to the community here, Father, that we would see lives transformed because of your greatness, because of your power, because of your might. We pray for the work of your spirit to go before us. We thank you that you love us. Your steadfast love remains forever. That your kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting. Be with us as we leave this morning and keep us safe as we travel back to our homes. Father, and let us live our lives in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen.